0: So, here we are. We're at the end of the beginning of the journey. The beginning of the... No. We set out in the fall to outline what discipleship would look like here at Arbor Point Church. Uh, We call it the journey because, really, we recognize that we're not there yet, that we are in a process, that we are growing forward, and that we will continue to do that throughout our lives. We also recognize, though, that we're not supposed to stay spiritual babies, right? We don't just, we're not on bottles all our whole whole life, and we need to grow and to mature. If We're going to live out this Christian calling that we have. We have a responsibility to become a follower of Christ that God is calling us to, to be, and that means we have work to do. Each of us is in the place that we are, and God wants to move us closer to him so he's going to meet us in that place. But when we, you encounter the living God, you cannot stay the same. God's not going to do that all for us, though. It's, there's a part that we have to play in the midst of that. He's going to give us opportunities to grow. He's going to give us opportunities to, to become uh, the, the men and women that, that we're called to be. He's going to open doors on a path that, that we maybe can't even see right now and, and that we're going to be able to walk down. So what we unfolded over the past is eight months it has been a fourfold discipleship process. We started back in the fall. We looked at always be prepared to defend the hope that you have in Jesus, and that was our beginning point because we need to to be ready always to 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 share the hope that Christ gives us in our life. And then we moved into the Sermon on the Mount, and it was about embracing this idea of of the Christian character that Jesus Himself. Asks us and tells us about. We often like some of the caveats from the Sermon on the Mount, but as you go deeper, it's a it's a difficult thing to follow the teachings of Christ. We follow that up with celebration of discipline, and, and that's how. Okay, so if this is the life that we're supposed to live, how do we do that? And and we found that there are tools that will help us in this journey to move forward into this preferred future that God has for us. And we just came out of He gave gifts, which is about the power. Behind it, because we can't do it on our own, but there's the Holy Spirit that gives us power to move forward into the impossible, through the difficulties. And there's a fifth aspect of the journey, and that's what today is about, which is fulfilling the mission that we are challenged by Jesus Himself to fulfill. It's called the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. And some doubted. Do you ever have doubts? So did they. And they walked with Jesus. Don't give up. Walk through those doubts. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Do you know it doesn't end there? We tend to end it there. But it doesn't. And teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And I will be with you to the end of the age. This is the Great Commission. This is all of the stuff for the past eight months that we've been talking about is so that we can walk fully into this Great Commission that Jesus gives to us. The United Methodist Church has a—I uh, don't know if Gary needs it. He uses this for his class, but since I saw it laying around, I figured I'd steal it. Um, this is the, the mission of the, of the United Methodist Church, is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So we're supposed to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, and we're going to talk about what that is. uh, Because without making disciples, (laughs) then you're not going to have transformation. You're not going to have renewing of your mind as we start the service with, unless we're in the discipleship process. We have to be discipled, and we have to disciple others. And this is not easy. This is a daunting task because it requires of us more than we would like to give. It's going to require more of us than just showing up on Sunday. It's going to require more of us than just well, you know, I kind of feel like it. I don't fit. No, that doesn't matter. If you're going to be a disciple and a follower of Jesus Christ, the, those things you have to set those aside and go, I'm in. I'm in. But the good news is that God gives us tools in order to move us forward. You don't do this alone. Always be prepared to tell your story. Always be prepared to defend the hope you have in Christ. If you and I are going to be able to reach people for Jesus, then we must be able to share our personal faith story. We must know what that personal faith story is about. That's why we started there in the fall, was so that we could... make. That's a foundational piece, and it's nowhere near as hard as we make it out to be. Anybody a sports fan in here? got a favorite team? Bulldog, Bulldog yeah. I kind of thought that might come up. <laughs> so think about this idea of sharing a story this way. UGA football. Do you have any trouble talking to somebody about the dogs? Why is that, do you think? Yeah, this is SEC country, not everybody likes them <laughs> But if you're a fan, the answer to that is no Conversation is easy, even with strangers Even with people we don't know and the reason is because we've got we spent some time learning about the Bulldogs. Maybe we were listening to the radio to the Bulldog Report, maybe we're on what, what is the bulldognation.com or whatever, you know, we're checking stuff out, who they recruit. We have information about the dogs so we can have a conversation. It matters to us. So we 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 are involved in that. And guess what? All those same things are available to us in sharing about Jesus Christ every one of them every one of them smooth as something else maybe fishing you want to learn how to fish what do you do well you obviously you sit in your front room and you wait for the fish to come up on the porch right that's (laughs) that's (laughs) you watch youtube videos you know you you don't go anywhere because the fish are going to come to you isn't that how you learn how to fish No? Is that how you learn how to fish? No. No. Be pretty ineffective, wouldn't it? You spend time. You research rods and reels and bait and tackle and all of these things. Fishing spots. You might hang out with somebody who knows how to fish. You might go out with a guide who knows where the fish are, because that's always helpful. Um, Then you go to the fishing hole, and what do you do? You cast the line. All of those same means are available to us when we're talking about sharing our faith in Jesus Christ. All of those same things. And as you do these things, as you share your story, as you share what God has already given to you, then you get an experience. And that experience then becomes a part of your story. And then it's easier to share the more that you do it. You can even share about the Bulldogs with a Tennessee fan, can't you? So they don't have to like you. So we might share about Jesus and somebody might not like that. Is that okay? Yeah. You know why? Whose story is it that you're that you're sharing? Well, it's God's story through through me. So you share your story, the what God has done in your life. And If somebody doesn't respond to that, that's okay. You don't worry. Bob, do you worry about somebody who gets on you because you're a big Bulldog fan? Not even slightly, do you? It's like, okay, well, I needed to know that, so. (laughs) The seed has been planted. (laughs) But for some reason, when we talk about sharing our faith, we get super concerned and worried about that stuff. Just tell your story. Always be prepared to share the hope that you have in jesus christ it's your story it's given to you god will use it you don't have to figure it all out you got to cast the line and i'm not going to go through the sermon on the mount can i get an amen Amen. or the celebration of discipline those were long and in-depth series but the sermons are online the research or the resource material is online If you would, you know, if you miss something, you can always go back and check those out because they're powerful, powerful uh, sources for us in our Christian journey. The Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gives us is deep. It is deep and it's challenging. It gives us incredible detail into what the character of a Christian looks like what it looks like in our life, and it gives us goals for us to seek in living out our faith journey. And Richard Foster, in the spiritual, in, in celebration of discipline, which is really just here 's some tools, prayer and study and meditation, and he gives us all of these instruments that help us to maintain what Jesus is pushing us towards and and that continues our discipleship journey and that transforms our lives We're to, it helps us to be used by God to transform then the lives of others and I love what we just came out of because you can 't do this without power you can 't do this without power but I don't think it's an accident that God has managed. I would like to say I planned this to end on Pentecost, but I didn't. (laughs) But the Pentecost is all about what? Power of the Holy Spirit. You are an empowered people. The Holy Spirit of God lives in you. Don't be timid. Be bold. Walk in faith. Be who you are for him. You have the power. I got the power. He's got the power, and he gives it to us. So develop your spiritual gifts. And all of those sermons, all of those lessons, all of these months brings us to this. And this is the place of mission. And I want to expand that because when I say mission, I know that it's like well you know for me anyway, I go to mission work immediately it 's like mission, okay, that means building houses and feeding people and and th- that's the mission I got news for you the mission is was is what Jesus told us all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore, this is the mission, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have told you, and I will be with you to the end of the age. You're not alone, but go do this. This is what disciples do. We go to the people. Disciples make disciples disciples make disciples. In other words, if we actually were to do the things that we've been talking about over the last eight months, we would be making disciples, because disciples make disciples. The mission of the followers of Jesus Christ is to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them the things that God has commanded. You know how to do all of that. You might, whoa, wait, no I don't. Eight months, You've got every tool that you need over the course of the last eight months. And honestly, you've got the Holy Spirit. You don't need the last eight months. The Holy Spirit will move through you. Uh, but all of this has been the purpose of this series, The Journey, has been to, to bring these things. Here's what it looks like to be a disciple of Christ. And even though we're going to move, move from the, the sermon series, The Journey, these tenets and principles and practices remain. They don't go anywhere. They're a part of us and a part of our, our, our process here at APC. Disciples make disciples. Say this with me. Disciples make disciples. It, when disciples are making disciples, the traditional work of the church that we think of as mission work happens as a byproduct. We live fruit-bearing lives. Remember uh, Galatians 5, 23. Lane, you remember the song? The fruit of the Spirit's not a watermelon. The fruit of the Spirit's not a watermelon. If you want to be a watermelon, hear it. You can't be a fruit of the Spirit because the fruit is... Absolutely right. Absolute love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So go look up that song if you have any trouble at all remembering (laughs) what that is. The fruit of the Spirit is not a, and and you'll get a YouTube video, which is kind of funky. But the fruit of the Spirit is lived out in the lives of disciples. It's a natural byproduct for us. We exhibit this in our lives. And when we exhibit this, we fulfill a directive that comes from the Old Testament prophet uh, Micah. And it's Micah 6.8. He says, who has... He has told you, O oh man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Doing justice is doing things that, that with a sense of right and wrong. When we see someone mistreated, less valued, put down, we step in, we, we engage in acts of justice. Loving mercy is to love others as Christ loved us, bringing that same grace that he extends to us and extending that into the lives of those around us. And that's where we provide food when people need food. It's where we provide support where support is needed. These are the byproducts of living as a disciple. Walking humbly with God is recognizing his lordship in our life. You know, it's easy to say Jesus is my savior. I love that he saved me. It's hard to live out Jesus is my lord because that means I'm giving him everything in my life and I struggle with that, and I know you do too. I, there's stuff that I like to hang on to. You know, I'm, I'm recovering, as, as y'all know. I heard a guy in early recovery, because one of the steps has to do with, with removing <laughs> character defects. And he said, you know, I've really had some trouble. With some of my character defects have character, and I like them. <laughs> but Jesus wants it all. What do you do with that as a human being? See, and, and so we struggle with, with these things in our life. But Micah still has it right. Justice, act, act. Mercy, love, and walk humbly, which is to live a life of gratitude and to carry that attitude with us. Psalm eighty-nine fourteen tells us this. It says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before you. Your face. So think about that. The pillar of God's throne. God's throne th- is built on righteousness and justice. Disciples will seek out ways of bringing fairness into the world, justice to the world. But it doesn't stop there because mercy and truth go before God's face. They're always part of it. So all four of those pillars are, are critical to our walk with Christ. So so you've got righteousness, justice, mercy, and truth. Those things work together as a disciple in carrying us forward. Discipleship is incredibly important. And Francis Chan is one of my favorite guys, and, and as far as I, I learn a lot from him, and, and he talks about discipleship in this video, and I want to
1: share that with you this morning so huge making disciples is huge and I think Satan is going to do everything he can to keep us from making disciples he'll get us studying for sermons which isn't a bad thing he'll get us in Bible studies which obviously isn't a bad things worship services what whatever you know doing this doing that speaking to masses of people writing books those are all good things But the primary calling is to go and make disciples. That's the commission. It's it's which which means going to people who don't believe. That's what Matthew 28 was about. It's like going to the people who don't know about the resurrection. Here's the resurrected Christ and go make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them. They don't even know about the baptism of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach them obey every teach them to obey everything I commanded you like that's Jesus rising from the dead command to us and so satan's going to want us to do anything but make disciples even those of us who are in ministry he'll keep us busy doing services doing this or that just make sure you don't make disciples because that's what's going to change the world and so even jesus you look at jesus he he could have been doing a lot of great things he did a lot of great things but he always made time the priority was discipleship the priority was saying, no, I I'm going to be gone soon. And these men are going to have to carry out the work. And so he took these basically unbelievers and saying, you know what? Walk with me. Let me explain to you everything I know. Let me teach you how to obey, watch my life, walk with me, see my life. And too often in the church, we don't get to that point. We don't we don't let people in we'll have Bible studies. Let them share a few prayer requests, but we don't walk with them. And Satan doesn't want you to walk with him. He wants your house private. You know, he wants you to have some privacy. Keep all those people out. Even pastors, keep them out because you're tired of, you know, get. And it's become like this job or this part-time little occupation or hobby rather than going, oh, this is the most important thing that I do, make disciples. And so for me, I, I realized that was a pattern in my life. Well, yes, God has called me to the masses, and I will do that. He's called me to teach the Word of God, and I will do that. But he wants me to make disciples. And the last few years, I've been focused on that more than ever, really digging deep into people's lives and um, letting them see my life and getting the smaller groups, which isn't as sexy as the thousands and thousands. And it isn't as glamorous, and no one's going to know about this stuff you just do it and man i am seeing god do some amazing things through some of these disciples now and things i never would have i just i don't know why i doubted him but but all my life i felt like i gotta do it i gotta do it because i know god will use me but to just go no you know what god's gonna use other people and let me be more of a coach now let me disciple them you know at this point in my life and and let their ministries expand um, i kind of said you know i i'm done being kobe i want to be phil jackson or greg popovich you know i want to be the guy that coaches and goes no go 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 play it's your time now let me just work with these people and i just love it i love them being a part of my family i love them being a part of my life I love working side by side with them and seeing what God's doing through them. Um, and uh, gosh, I, I just wouldn't trade it for the world right now.
0: One of the greatest joys of my life has been walking with uh, my friend. You've heard me talk about him many times, Jeremy Noah. Met Jeremy when he was 14 years old as a as a youth assistant leader at Sugarloaf United Methodist Church. We were just at Emory Ann, his two-year-old's birthday, um, last week or week before last. I've got to walk th- with Jeremy through so much and continue to do so. We don't get to see each other. He's married now with two kids, and so we don't get to, to hang out as much as we used to. But we still get together, and he still reaches out to me, and, and we work with each other. I'm starting to work with Caden Westbrook on, on his calling to ministry and working on some biblical study right now with, with him. I have people in my life, Monty Turner and Clark Pickett that I meet with on, on most Friday mornings who are mentors to me and uh, Monty is a bivocational pastor at Discover Point Church. Clark uh, works as a salesman. He was a former United Methodist Church uh, pastor. Phil Schrader is a mentor of mine in church world stuff. Each of us needs to be discipled and each of us needs to be discipling someone else we need both ends of the spectrum remember Phil Schrader when he was here um, last fall I think it was and on Wednesday he talked a little bit about uh, disciples making disciples and it didn't in that context it wasn't but, but remember what he talked about he, he said he asked us how many folks attend here and, and we were saying we're all around 70 and, and he said just think if each one of you only made one disciple every year just one disciple and then he said no hang on what if you make half a disciple in two years there would be twice as many people here think about that are we engaged in the making of disciples and I know as parents yeah you are but it's a tough thing you know to be a parent and and that mentor person at the, at the same time. That's a tough thing to do because you've got to be a parent sometimes and, and that gets in the way of being you know, the the discipler. That doesn't mean you can't bring the Bible study and the prayer into the relationship. But if you're having trouble with that, find someone to help. Lane needs both ends of that. Lane, you need to be discipling somebody and somebody needs to be discipling you. It's the way that it works. Disciples make disciples. So I have a challenge. You knew I would at the end of eight months. I was going to have something, right? So if you will take your bulletin and tear it off, and you'll see the prayer request tear off on the other side. There's a space. And in this next week, uh, spend some time thinking and praying about who it is in your life that you need to be discipling. And who it is in your life that is either discipling you or who will disciple you. Don't do this alone. This is a tough journey, this is the thing about walking with Jesus. Satan doesn't want you to walk with Jesus. Francis Chan nails that. He's like, <laughs> Satan is not happy when you follow Jesus, so he's going to throw lots of stuff up. Who are you discipling and who's discipling you? that's the challenge walking out of this is to be sure that you have those pieces in your faith journey we are to make disciples of jesus christ for the transformation of the world you'll bow with me father as we come to the end of this series i ask lord that you would open each of us to see who it is that you have chosen for us to be a part of their life to be a discipler to be discipled by. Lord, help, those thing, help us to see and embrace that we don't have to walk alone in this, and we shouldn't. Help us to, to reach out to others, to live fully for you, and to be bold and not live in fear. <laughs> Amen.